The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. These girls were um, just trying to get home. Now at five, Texas cheerleader shooting. New information about how Elgin police tracked down the suspect. Plus a bill that would create new rules for books in Texas school libraries. One step closer to becoming law. And an increasing threat of severe thunderstorms tomorrow evening. Your first warning forecast is coming up. First at five tonight, a Supreme Court victory for a Texas death row inmate, Rodney Reed. Thanks so much for being with us tonight. I'm Britt Moreno. I'm Daniel Marine. Reed has been trying to argue his innocence for years after being convicted in the 1996 murder of a young woman in Bastrop County. KXN investigator Avery Travis has been digging into the court's opinion released today. And Avery, we know you also spoke with Reed's attorneys from the Innocence Project just to find out what this all means going forward. Yeah, DNA evidence has really been the focus in this case for years, but we're specifically talking about the murder weapon, the belt believed to have been used to strangle 19-year-old Stacy Stites. After Reed's conviction, Reed asked for DNA testing on that and items from the crime scene. His request was denied in part because the evidence was not well preserved. Reed later sued, but a federal court dismissed that, saying it was filed too late. His attorneys have now appealed it all the way to the Supreme Court, arguing they needed to see what all the lower state courts decided before filing that federal appeal. And today, the majority of the Supreme Court justices agreed. I think it will create a lot of clarity uh, for a lot of people who are in Mr. Reed's shoes, like him, who are seeking DNA testing. You know, for us and for Mr. Reed, we're thrilled that we get to fight another day and that we get to hopefully one day achieve the DNA testing that he's been seeking for so long. So we have a lot. A lot more work to do, but very grateful for the decision. What does this opinion today mean for his case moving forward? This opinion today means that he has the opportunity to continue to fight to get DNA testing. Um, it means that he can go back to the Fifth Circuit and hopefully get more arguments and get more of an opportunity to argue that he is entitled under the Texas post-conviction DNA testing statute to get DNA testing. You know, all we're asking for is the exact kind of DNA testing that would be done as a matter of first instance if this was a crime that happened today. You know, now, the Innocence Project did not have a timeline on when they will now be able to argue for that DNA testing before the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, but they say the SCOTUS ruling has now cleared the way for that, at the very least. To note, three justices filed dissenting opinions. One, Justice Alito, called the court's majority conclusion about these procedural deadlines, quote, clearly wrong. We also reached out to the Bastrop County District Attorney for his response. We still haven't heard back from him. All right, Avery, thank you so much for staying on top of this. And coming up new at six, we're going to hear from Rodney Reed's family and the family of Stacey Stites about what today's ruling means for them. There is new information about the shooting of two high school cheerleaders in the parking lot of an Elgin HEB. Court documents say a store manager saw it all happen and surveillance video of the violence helped identify the suspected shooter. 25-year-old Pedro Tello Rodriguez Jr. is charged with deadly conduct, a third-degree felony. He's being held in the Bastrop County Jail on half a million dollars bond. As Dan Shenneman reports, this is just the latest in a string of recent shootings that involved mistaken identities. A young woman seriously hurt near Austin, Texas because of what may have been a misunderstanding. It was unfortunate these girls were um, just trying to get home. Four cheerleaders who just finished practice went to a grocery store. One mistakenly tried to get into the wrong car. One of the cheerleaders said shots were eventually fired. I was trying to apologize to him. I just 
halfway my window was down, he just threw his hands up and then he pulled out a gun. And then he just started shooting at all of us. One person treated at the scene, a second identified as Peyton Washington, airlifted to a hospital. She's literally a role model for the kids in this industry throughout the country. Everybody knows her. One man, identified as Pedro Tello Rodriguez Jr., is now charged. It's not the only mistake that ignited deadly violence. In New York State, authorities say 20-year-old Kaylin Gillis was killed when she and some friends made a wrong turn. They drove up this driveway for a very short time, realized their mistake, and were leaving when Mr. Monahan came out and fired two shots. Investigators say Gillis was just looking for a friend's house. I know for a fact that she comes from a good family, a very good family, um, and I know them personally. Um, and, you know, she's a young girl that was taken uh, way too young. 65-year-old Kevin Monahan is now charged with second-degree murder. He has entered a plea of not guilty. Dan Sheneman, NBC News. The U.S. Supreme Court has temporarily extended women's access to the most commonly used abortion pill until Friday at midnight. The justices are giving themselves two more days to decide whether to allow restrictions on mifeprestone to take effect, while a legal challenge to the medication's FDA approval continues. Now, adding another layer to the legal battles, the maker of the generic form of the pill has filed a lawsuit against the FDA, saying that its rights would be violated if its ability to sell the drug is impaired. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, it's a breezy, warm, and muggy day. A lot like yesterday, we have not seen a lot of sun yet, but a few breaks are emerging over Lake Travis on the Oasis camera. 80 degrees here, 400 feet above Lake Travis. Lots of gray skies, but only a few sprinkles here and there. Really no measurable rain to report. And like yesterday, we are going to see a little clearing before the sun goes down, coming in from the hill country toward Austin. Coming up in your forecast, our concern with large or very large hail tomorrow is increasing. I'll show you the storm timeline of when to be weather aware and a change to your weekend forecast. Okay, David, thank you so much. We'll check this out. A parking garage that collapsed about 24 hours ago in New York City remains shut down at this hour. This while investigators sort through the rubble. Now they warned that the danger of further collapse will prolong their work. New York's fire department says initial findings show the weight of vehicles parked on the roof and the age of the building contributed to that collapse. It was all built in 1957. The oldest son of late U.S. Senator Robert F. Kennedy officially announced his candidacy for president today in Boston. He's running as a Democrat. I'm inviting all of you to join me to create an America that we can believe in and be proud of again. RFK Jr. is widely known for his anti-vaccine advocacy, a position that puts him at odds with many in the Democratic Party and even members of his own family. President Joe Biden is expected to announce his campaign for re-election in the coming weeks. Just ahead, new fallout from that recording of Oklahoma officials talking about killing reporters. And the paper's publisher explains why he was recording after a meeting ended. A bill to ban sexually explicit books in Texas school libraries advances in the state house. But a couple of big questions remain, including who makes that decision and how. Because there were a lot of qualified people to check this kind of thing, I think, at least. Well, you can learn a lot from a fifth grader. Meet the student who caught an error in his science textbook, one that many missed. 
28 years ago today, a truck bomb exploded at the federal building in Oklahoma City. The attack carried out as a response to the FBI's Branch Davidian standoff in Waco two years earlier. At a ceremony today, survivors read off the names of the 168 victims, including 19 children, all under the age of six. The attacker, Timothy McVeigh, was convicted of murder and executed in 2001. The Oklahoma Sheriff's Association has unanimously voted to suspend three McCurtain County officials after the release of a recording in which the sheriff and other county officers are reportedly heard discussing killing two journalists and complaining they can no longer lynch black people. And a county commissioner in this case just resigned. The newspaper publisher says he left a voice-activated recorder inside the room after a county commissioner's meeting because he suspected the group was continuing to conduct county business in violation of the state's Open Meetings Act. The sheriff's office, though, claims the recording was illegal and audio was altered. A journalism professor at Oklahoma State University says under Oklahoma law, the recording would be legal if it were obtained in a place where the officials did not have a reasonable expectation of privacy. Soon, fewer books may be available at your kid's school library. The kinds of books that lawmakers want to see less of. Well, we certainly need some heavy beneficial rain now more than ever. Lake Travis dropping another inch today. But I'll tell you the prospects of seeing some soaking rains where you live. They look better tomorrow. Don't miss your forecast right after this. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, we are right smack dab in the middle of Texas severe weather season, and tomorrow we will get a reminder why that is. This evening, not much going on across the state. Clouds breaking up locally with a few big storms firing way out near Big Bend. These are expected to drift south of our area and die out quickly. No big impact to us, we think, later tonight. But that's just one little piece of energy rotating around a bigger storm, which is centered way up in Montana, believe it or not. These little spokes, like the bite the spokes on a bicycle wheel will be bringing some rounds of potential storms to our area. The big one arrives late tomorrow. Tomorrow, especially in the evening hours, look at this. We first warned you this might happen yesterday, and here it is. The yellow shading indicating a two out of five slight risk of da damaging storms. This has been expanded to include Austin and really the whole KXAN viewing area. When we say severe weather, we could talk about tornadoes, hail, or wind damage. Luckily, tornadoes there on the left side of your screen are a low concern at this time. Winds on the right side, those are possible with damaging gusts over 60 miles an hour, but hail, whenever you see that black hatched line, which actually means significant hail of egg size or larger, that is a concerning thing, and this means we need to stay weather aware tomorrow, maybe vehicle aware as well. Use that garage or your carport if you can. Let me show you when we should do that. Certainly not this evening as clouds break up, nothing more than a sprinkle or two, and probably not even that. Overnight tonight, though, low stress clouds develop a few passing sprinkles again to start your day tomorrow midday tomorrow a little break of sunshine or two with nothing more than a couple more sprinkles but here comes the action tomorrow afternoon this is not a certainty but we may see a couple isolated storms firing just kind of seemingly out of thin air this typically doesn't happen in this type of type of a setup so it's far from a guarantee but we will be on the watch just in case starting about 3 p.m. 
What's more likely is not this, but the main event later at night. This is a boundary, not quite the cold front yet, moving our way from the northern hill country into the metro later tomorrow evening. These storms, as they roll into Williamson and Travis counties a little bit later, maybe 9, 10, 11 p.m., these could be severe with hail again as the main concern. They move, they move east of I-35 late tomorrow evening and then clear our area late tomorrow night. Earlier on Friday morning, without much fanfare, the cold front itself blows through. And after a quick morning shower, cooler, breezy sunshine and a really pleasant end to the week on Friday. Depends on where we get these storms setting up, of course, in terms of who gets how much rain. Unfortunately, the lowest totals again appear to come in the hill country. But from Austin eastward, we are pretty confident that some downpours could yield one to two inches. Maybe somebody east of 35 getting up to three inches of rain. Certainly beneficial, but of course we need that over the lakes, our drinking water supply for many. All right, right now, quiet ahead of the storm. Our West Shore home cam down in San Marcos at Texas State looking cloudy and warm at 80 degrees. Not much on the radar. We just have a couple little sprinkles out here in Fayette County. And again, that's all we expect this evening. The pollen count actually taking a nice break. Thank goodness. Even grass is down and into the low concentration. Only five allergens instead of the six or seven that we've had. Tonight's forecast, not far from a record warm overnight low by April standards, only down to 70 with cloudy skies and gusty south-southeast winds. After a few sprinkles early tomorrow, a warm, humid day at 85. Late-day storms are likely, and some of those could be severe, producing hail. After a likelihood of some storms tomorrow, a morning shower tapers off quickly with highs down into the 70s on Friday. I told you a moment ago we've got a change to your weekend forecast. Earth Day, I was hoping, would be quiet and sunny for your plans. Now, though, on Saturday, we do have a chance of some late-day showers and storms. Ahead of this, a separate cold front and a separate likelihood of rain on Sunday. Next week, temperatures warm back to seasonal normals, but daily chances of a few showers and storms also continue. Right, David, thank you very much. State lawmakers today took one step closer to controlling the books that fill public school library shelves. Our Capitol correspondent Monica Madden is joining us now, and I know that you've been tracking this legislation, so what are Republicans saying? Well, a House bill got the initial approval today, with 11 Democrats actually joining the Republicans, voting in favor of an effort to ban so-called sexually explicit books from Texas school libraries. <laughs> Ahead of the vote, a handful of people held a read-in at the Capitol. The author of the bill says there needs to be uniform standards for taxpayer-funded libraries and that this bill will ensure any books that are quote pervasively vulgar or educationally unsuitable. If the bill gets signed into law, book vendors would have to rate their content as either sexually relevant or sexually explicit just based on references to or illustrations related to sex. But critics worry that the bill's language is vague and subjective and violates free speech. It's very vague, and the impact of this bill, we know because we've already seen it, um, would be to have books removed, to censor diverse experiences, particularly about people of color and LGBTQ individuals. Democrats tried to tack on an amendment that would have required the Texas Education Agency to track which bills have been banned, but that did not pass. The Senate already passed its own version of this legislation, and the House bill needs one more final vote before heading to the Senate to iron out the differences between both of those bills. Right now, it is unclear if lawmakers will be trying to combine both of these bills. Daniel All right, Britt. Monica. Thank you very much, Monica. And just last week, Lando County Commissioners voted to keep their public library open after a recent court battle. 
County leaders considered the move after a federal judge ordered the county to reinstate books that had previously been removed. And according to a report by Penn America from last year, Texas had more banned books than any other state. Last year, Texas banned 801 books across 22 school districts. The report also found the majority of those books contained LGBTQ themes or protagonists or had major characters that were people of color. How well do you know the rock cycle? Well, a Virginia fifth grader knew it so well he found something not even his teacher caught. Crews started work today on the new Austin Fire and EMS Joint Station coming to East Austin, and it's all part of the city's goal for consistent, quick emergency response times in areas with longer response times and high population growth. The new station on East Riverside near Pleasant Valley is one of several stations being renovated. The goal is for Austin Emergency Services to respond within eight minutes of receiving a call 90% of the time, which is consistent with the national standard. This brand new state-of-the-art facility is going to serve the residents of East Austin for years to come. And we're so grateful for council's support to make this happen. The new station should be open in about a year. A Northern Virginia, Virginia fifth grader is getting national attention for his attention to detail. Liam Squires claimed something in his textbook was wrong, and it turns out he was right. Liam's class was reviewing their textbook after a lesson on the rock cycle. That's the processes that create different types of rocks. Remember that, right, Britt? Mm -hmm. Well, everything was all good <laughs> until Liam saw a picture labeled sedimentary. The true problem was on this page. These two are not correct. Now, the sedimentary rock and the igneous rock are labeled incorrectly in the book. They're actually flipped. Liam told his teacher, who couldn't believe it at first. It was just baffling. I was like, I didn't even know what to do at that point. Like, okay, well, close the book. Let's move along. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> Ms. Porter spread the word up through school administration, and soon Liam was recognized by the superintendent. His story then made the local paper and then wow. a national paper. And then <laughs> the publisher of the textbook sent Liam a letter thanking him for finding the error. Maybe they should have sent him a check, too. No kidding. <laughs> That's the kind of guy you want on Jeopardy. He'll exactly. be getting the money soon. Disney plans to cut thousands of jobs next week, including 15% of the entertainment division. Bloomberg reports the cuts will be company-wide, impacting TV, film, theme park, and corporate positions. And you might remember in February, Disney announced it would cut 7,000 jobs as part of efforts to lower costs by more than $5 billion. All right, well, tonight on KXAN, you can catch up on Chicago Night with Chicago Met at 7, Fire at 8, and PD at 9 before we're back with KXAN News at 10. You can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on the CW Austin. Here's where to find us. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.